Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. I'm glad you guys have joined me at Off the Bench. Today is Mailbox Monday. This is the day that I answer your questions directly from my mailbox. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, you guys. So you know that tomorrow here in Washington State is primary day. We have been engaged now for the past several days in prayer and fasting. If you want to find out more information on what we're doing, I'll link back to that in the show notes today. But I just want to encourage you to pray for the citizens of Washington State, particularly seeking the Lord as it relates to this election. Really, we're asking the Lord for his will to be done. Ephesians 6.13 says, having done all, stand. And this is the time for us to stand in Washington State. It is the end of a year and a half's worth of campaigning for me. We're running for the House of Representatives. And tomorrow night, we will find out exactly where this thing is going to go, either into the general or not. And so we appreciate your prayers. And I'm sure I will have an update for you uh, in the next day or two. All right. Today is Mailbox Monday. And I want to thank you guys for writing in and for sending me your letters. It's one of my favorite things to do is to answer your questions here at the show. Before I get started, I want to just say thank you to people who have been reviewing this show on Spotify and Apple podcast reviews. It's awesome for you guys to do that. Katie said, this is the truth in love. I love this podcast. I want to give Heidi a hug and thank her for her boldness to speak the truth, even when it might be unpopular. Praying for you and your family in your run for Congress. And she wrote out Galatians 6, 9, let us not grow weary in doing good. Thank you, Katie. I love that. Uh, this one came from another mom who calls herself a happy warrior that she's becoming one. She said, thank you, Heidi. Through trials come more tenderness. The sudden loss of my son has gripped me. My son is with Jesus, no doubt, but my broken heart is just that. I'm working through God's perfect plan, accepting my new deep season of tenderness and figuring out how God wants to use me for his glory. Your podcasts are meeting me in this journey. Thank you. I know it must be a trying season, but God bless you, sister. I love that you wrote this out. And you know what? Uh, You're going to see, and actually tomorrow, my friend Andrew Pudawa is coming on the show, and we're going to talk a little bit about what it looks like to walk with the Lord in seasons of suffering. And actually, even beyond that, how to prepare our children for the possible persecution of Christians. We're going to be talking through a lot of those things. So check that out. Finally, this one came from uh, another review said, my family is incurably hooked on your podcast and don't be mad just because you don't like what Heidi says. (laughs) You need to come here to Washington State and just travel along the campaign trail with me. I'd love to have you out on the road. We've got a couple of new donors, some supporters here at the show. I want to give them a shout out. Sarah Jane in Oklahoma and Doug in Oregon. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. You can become a supporter of the Heidi St. John podcast. It helps keep us on the air. We really appreciate it by just going to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. I will link back to how you can do that in the show notes today. All right, I'm going to start reading your questions and hopefully we're going to come up with a little bit of, um, I think we're going to have some fun today. Also, we're going to answer some some tough questions. Every once in a while, I will get a question here at the show and it really gives me pause and I have to pray over it or talk to friends who are smarter than I am and uh, and try to figure out what the Lord would have me say. But this one came in and I'm going to link back to an episode or two that I did with my friend, Pat Roy. This one came in from Marjorie in Louisiana, who has friends who believe in the flat earth theory. So before I take this any farther, I know 
that some of you listening to this right now have bought into the flat earth theory. I reject this on a hundred levels. I know it makes you mad. Try not to get too upset, but I do not see evidence for this uh, anywhere. My, my eyes do not give evidence of it. There's no evidence for it in the word of God. And here's what Marjorie wrote. She said, Heidi, the flat earth theory has exploded even among Christian believers. When pressed, my friends offer scriptures that they say prove that the earth is flat and it has become an endless rabbit hole of conspiracy theories. For example, dinosaurs aren't real. Uh, space is fake. Repeated mud floods have eradicated humanity multiple resets during certain periods of time. And these are fellow Christians, Bible-believing Christians. I'm dumbfounded and have no idea how these God-fearing people have reached this point. Is it another distraction, a separation of the wheat from the chaff? I know that the devil is the author of confusion, but these are people I revered and trusted as fellow members of the body of Christ. And I'm now gravely concerned that if they can be misled, what hope do I have to remain in the truth? Well, your hope of remaining in the truth is to study the word of God. And I'm going to read to you an article that I saw at the Creation Experience Museum. And I thought it was excellent talking about the flat earth. And I'm going to read to you. Well, I'm not going to read the whole thing because I don't have time, but I'm going to link back to it in the show notes today and a couple other things that I think are important. Also, I'll link back to the podcast series that I did with my friend, Pat Roy, who actually went out with some flat earthers and did a science experiment to see about the the, um, curvature of the earth. So that's a fantastic podcast, and I'll link back to it in the show notes today. It said, for decades now, biblical creationists have had to contend with mockery and derision from those with differing worldviews. And it's not uncommon for a belief in creation to be compared to the belief of a flat earth. Evolutionists use this comparison as a way of showing how ludicrous they consider biblical creation to be. But as unbelievable as it may seem, flat earth ideas have actually seen a resurgence in the last couple of years. And many people seem to be quite sincere in their acceptance of it. Not only is this resulting in a lot of confusion, since some flat earth arguments can sound very compelling at face value, it's also creating uncomfortable situations for people encountering this idea for the first time. Many people simply take the spherical shape of the earth for granted and are unprepared to defend the belief or answer flat earthers questions. So at the Creation Experience Museum, we are now encountering flat earth ideas on a regular basis among both Christians and non-Christians. And so while there are indeed numerous scientific experiments and evidences supporting a spherical earth, these evidences are not the focus of this article for two primary reasons. First, there are already many articles, papers, and books on the topic available written by many high qualified scientists. These resources are easily discoverable with a quick internet search and address who address this issue thoroughly. Suffice it to say, we believe that the earth is demonstrably spherical and experiments saying otherwise have either been improperly conducted, thus producing incorrect results, are inconclusive, not actually proving that the earth is flat, or they're based upon a conspiracy theory with false accusations, for example, suggesting astronauts are lying or have been deluded about seeing the Earth's shape from space. Second, in conversing with people who espouse the flat Earth theory, we have discovered that logical arguments seem to have next to no impact on their beliefs. And honestly, this is what I have found too. We had people come to the studio who were arguing against a spherical Earth. And I'm telling you what, you guys, no amount of scientific evidence, no matter how researched or how grounded in observable facts, these guys don't care. It's like uh, talking to people, honestly, in, uh, well, I'm not even going to say it, but in the last year that I've been running for Congress, 
I have actually discovered that people like this exist. And perhaps the flimsy arguments of the flat earth movement have actually convinced some people of their truth. Or maybe, according to this article, the appeal of conspiracy or of being in the rebel minority is just too strong to resist. Regardless, it means that countering the flat earth ideas with scientific evidence rarely produces the desired effect. So then, they say, what do we do when we confront the flat earth theory if actual scientific evidence makes no difference to its proponents? And I like this article because they actually told the truth about it. They said there is, unfortunately, no one size fits all solution. And we believe the best option is to try to get to the heart of the issue and stay focused on what really matters. And so in Genesis chapter three, we see Satan luring Eve away from the truth. And the lure is the secret knowledge, this hidden secret knowledge of wisdom. So even the very first humans were not immune to the appeal of a conspiracy. This should have a very serious warning for all of us and a reminder not to be led astray by a desire first, hidden secret wisdom or conspiracies of any kind, not just flat earth. Furthermore, the Bible clearly and repeatedly states the true wisdom comes from the fear of the Lord and that hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge are only found in Jesus. And so if we desire wisdom and understanding, the Bible says to seek them by growing deeper in our relationship with Christ and seeking his will in our lives and obeying his commands. Another and even more alarming trend we have noticed among Christians who subscribe to a flat earth theory is that many of them seem determined to pull every conversation back to a discussion of their flat earth ideas, even when there is no relevant connection to the topic. It's as though they've become an all-consuming fixation, distracting them from more important issues, making it difficult to communicate truth with them. And so these are some really great questions to ask people if you encounter that. One, why does it matter so much? Two, does the shape of the planet affect whether or not the Bible is true? Three, does the Bible's relevance increase or decrease based on the shape of the earth? And four, does the shape of the earth change the fact that we have sinned and that Jesus died to redeem us. You guys, of course, the answer is no. The Bible teaches us that the devil is very busy trying to deceive, confuse, and distract people from our focus on the truth of God's word. We can see this no better place right now than this discussion over gender and whether or not men can become pregnant, right? Uh, This is how the enemy has managed to lead humanity to to rebel against God, right? It was just, remember the first thing, what was the first thing that uh, Satan said to Eve? in the Garden of Eden. Do you remember that? He challenged God's word and God's authority. Remember he said, did God really say, right? So I want you guys to remember the more fixated we become on inconsequential hot topics and conspiracy theories, the more at risk we are being led astray like Adam and Eve or distracted from spending time with Jesus like Martha. Lastly, the apostle Paul refers to the importance of Christ being our primary focus. In 2 Corinthians 4 verse 5, when he says, you see, we don't go around preaching Uh, about ourselves. We preach that Jesus is Lord and we ourselves are your servants for his sake. This is a beautifully clear reminder that our mission is not about us. It's about Christ. It's not about our own ideas. It's about the gospel. And when we start allowing personal inconsequential conspiracy theories to consume our minds and dominate our conversations to the exclusion of everything else, we are neglecting the great commission that Christ has given us. And I will say this, and I'm going to link back to a couple of these things, because I think um, the more uh, the more access you have to these to these good articles and research that's actually been done, the more I'm just going to uh, encourage you to continue to walk with the Lord. Because the the alarming thing, and there's several alarming things about the flat Earth 
uh, conspiracy theories that are really abounding in the culture right now is that it is taking people away from what really matters. I have heard stories about um, marriages that have dissolved, uh, people who are so obsessed with proving that the earth is flat that they have forsaken almost everything else. And I'm telling you what, that alone makes me nervous. There's a really great article also in Answers in Genesis that gives the history of the Flat Earth Movement. I'll read a little bit of the start to you, and then I'm going to link back to it in the show notes today and get on to the next question. The Flat Earth Movement began in the 19th century with the publication of Samuel Robotham. In the summer of 1838, he conducted his Bedford-level experiment. This was a six-mile stretch of water that's very straight and level, and over the six miles, the Earth ought to curve downward by 24 feet. This gentleman stationed himself at one end of the Bedford level and arranged for someone else in a small boat to row to the other end. A five-foot mast was attached to the boat, so certainly by the end of the level, the mast would not be visible because the top of the mast would have been 11 feet below Robotham's line of sight. He observed the boat with a telescope mounted eight inches above the water and could see the small boat over the entire course of the Bedford level, whereupon he became convinced that the earth was flat. Uh, Anyway, he goes on, he gives, the, he gives the, the explanation to it, and he says, Robotham was a victim of what's called a superior mirage. When flat earthers hear this, they are normally responding by dismissing this as impossible because mirages supposedly are inverted images. Robotham saw the boat right side up the entire time. However, this confuses superior and inferior images. What's the difference? We're going to talk about physics. So if you guys are interested in this discussion, I will link back to it in the show notes today. But suffice it to say, I have talked about this on my podcast. I agree with you that it's injuring our families, but more importantly, it's taking us away from the things that really matter. We're going to take a quick break. I'll be right back. Are you homeschooling your kids? Well, I want to recommend the Institute for Excellence in Writing. If you are looking for a course that's going to breathe life into teaching language arts to your kids... IEW is for you. It's comprehensive. It includes writing, grammar, and vocabulary. And I want to encourage you to check out IEW's Fix-It Grammar, and it's been integrated with structure and style for students. This is broken down into achievable steps that are going to give your students success. Try it for free for three weeks at IEW.com forward slash Heidi. All right, you guys, welcome back. Abortion has come up from Gloria in Indiana. She wants to know how she can avoid companies that support abortion rights and other things. that they. So they're getting groceries. By the way, you guys, this is going to be really, really hard to do because as you've seen over the last several years, we are living in an upside down culture right now, right here in Washington state. Uh, our governor wants to make us a vacation destination for people who want to take the lives of their unborn babies. The world's on fire, but I'm going to link back to some articles then uh, in the show notes today, we'll give you companies that are absolutely supporting abortion rights. There are over 50 of them right now, including Yelp, Lyft, Ben and Jerry's. Uh, there's a whole bunch of them right now that are coming out and saying, hey, you know, we're going to give you guys up to up to $4,000 every year to kill your unborn baby. And this is something I talked about at the reversal of Roe v. Wade. I put the list out then. I'm going to continue to just link back to these companies so that you guys have an opportunity to choose where you do and where you don't want to spend your money. There's a really great article. Uh, the title of it was 13 Corporations Have Spent $15 Million Supporting Pro-Life Politicians Since 2016. So this was more on a positive level. And I'm going to link to that in the show notes today. It's very, very difficult to quantify 
who is standing for the unborn and who is not. Because for every big giant corporation, even the ones that say that they are absolutely pro-choice and they're pro-abortion, there will always be someone who works for that company that is staunchly pro-life who will say, please don't stop you know, shopping at Target. My husband works there. Please don't stop flying Delta. That's how we make our living, that kind of thing. And so I think what we want to be committed to, uh, aside from, by the way, Coca-Cola, Citibank, uh, obviously Target, Apple, AT&T, Comcast. There's so many of these giant corporations. And frankly, it's cheaper for them to help you kill your baby than it would be to put that child on your their healthcare plan. So they have a financial interest in this as well. It's not as simple as, oh, hey, we believe in, uh, in choice. They're looking at the bottom line financially. But what I wanna do, and I'll link back to these in the show notes for you guys today, is just to give you the opportunity to make a wise and good choice. So Gloria, that's a great question. And I would say when you find a local company, particularly the ones that you get to know the people that run them, support the companies that support life. That's what I've been telling people for a long, long time. An anonymous letter came in in response to my hot monogamy podcast. She's asking if there has been abuse in a woman's background, is hot monogamy still possible? Well, first of all, that is a great question. And the answer to that is an unequivocal yes. And the reason I say that is because God is the healer. God is the one who heals. He can heal you body, soul, mind, and spirit. And so I never want anyone to listen to this podcast and feel like if they have come from a background of abuse, whether it was abuse at the hands of a husband or abuse at the hands of a father, that God can't step in and heal. And there is healing. I've always encouraged uh, women, especially if you come from a background like that and you are unable to enter into a marriage relationship or maintain your marriage because you feel the burden of past abuse, get counseling. We've had people on here many times. I'll link back to some of them in the show notes today. But it's so important that you talk to someone that you get the help that you need. I want to remind you of something that God showed me years and years and years ago when I was a young married woman. And I came from uh, a home where there was a lot of physical and emotional abuse, no sexual abuse in my home, but definitely physical and emotional abuse. And so I got married at 19 and I've always told people, you know, at that young, coming out of a background like I had been um, and the oldest of all of my sisters, I did not have a healthy view of myself or even my worth before the Lord. I had a hard time seeing myself the way that the Lord saw me. And it took me many, many years to see myself that way. But you know what? God is faithful. And the Lord has provided an amazing healing for me. He has in part used my husband to help. In part, uh, becoming a mother was a healing thing for me. But the most uh, healing that's happened in my life came through the study of the word of God, where I recognized that I was loved. And so much of that, recognition that like my grandparents used to tell me, Heidi, if if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. They're telling this to this broken girl who really hardly ever heard from her dad that God loved her or that he was even happy that I was his daughter. My dad was a broken person. His dad was uh, abusive to him. He raised me, I think, in the best way that he could at the time. But the fact of the matter is I was a pretty broken girl by the time I left that home. And I know a lot of you have struggled with uh, abuse as a child. Um, and I've spoken to a lot of you over the years. I know some of you have been the victims of sexual infidelity in marriage, which is a betrayal of the deepest kind. 
And most marriages don't fully recover from that. But this is why Jesus said uh, that this was one of the few grounds for divorce. And that's Matthew 19, verse nine. And for a marriage to heal, both the unfaithful spouse and the one betrayed have got to fight to rebuild that relationship. And so I'm gonna link back to a couple of articles that I think might be helpful for you. But what I really want you to hear because I'm not, your letter doesn't give me enough information about what kind of abuse you're talking about or whether this was um, abuse at the hands of a, of, a, of a former spouse. I don't understand what's going on, but I will tell you this, God offers healing. I know because I've experienced it in my own life. And whenever I meet people on the road or you know, uh, women who have read any books that I've written or anything, that's always one of the first things that I say if they ask me about where I came from and um, what God's done in my life is that I have been the recipient of an extraordinary grace that the Lord himself, I believe, helped me grab onto with my whole heart. And my story is a story of healing and of hope. And that's the hope that's available to you in Jesus Christ. That's why I started Mom Strong International. It was to give you the opportunity to study God's word so that you can see that what God says in his word is true. And so the Bible has a lot to say about healing and forgiveness and who you are what your identity is in Christ. And when we know who we are, we can begin to listen to his voice and to follow his leading. And following him, whether wherever he leads you, it's following him in your journey as a mother or as a dad into marriage, wherever God leads you. When we're using the scriptures and we're taking what happens to us or around us and we're filtering it through, uh, filtering it through the grid of God's word, and we recognize that what comes out on the other side of that filtering process is actually from the Lord. There is healing involved. And so I just want to encourage you today. Uh, I know that God has good things for you and I know that healing is available. I am also not here to say that you shouldn't get counseling. I believe that there is a place for um, depression, anti-depression uh, medications for a time. I believe that those things are tools that we have at our disposal. And so there was someone who wrote to me, I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago who felt like it was sinful for someone struggling with anxiety or depression or whatever other mental struggles they were having to take any kind of help from the medical community. I, I reject that on its face. I don't see anything about that in scripture. And in fact, I think the opposite is true. We pray for wisdom when we assess these things, but I would encourage you find a Christian counselor and make sure you're talking to somebody at your church, find a really great church to go to. And if you guys haven't already, join me at momstronginternational.com. We've got a fall is always when we hit the reset button and we've got a lot of really good things coming up for you uh, in September at MomStrong International. Again, that's MomStrongInternational.com. That's all I have time for today. I appreciate you guys and love you so much. Continue to pray for me and for my family and all of the people that have been running this race with me here in Southwest Washington. Primary day is tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. And I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.